Today on the podcast, I'm joined by the amazing Tasha Edwards. You may know her from Hip Healthy Chick, her Instagram account. And if you do follow her, you will know that she is an incredible proponent of creating movement experiences that are accessible and fun. She combines many different modalities, including uh, Pilates and yoga, and she incorporates her background as a personal trainer into all of her sessions, what she describes herself as a non-traditionalist and she likes to break the rules. That's what she told me. <laughs> and I'm excited for you to hear her story today, how she has navigated the wellness world and how she is designing her business today in a way that is fully aligned with her goals and how she wants to shape the world. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Sarah Glanfield, and I am Super excited that you're joining me today. Um, you know, it really is a beautiful day when I get to uh, speak with teachers and studio owners and leaders in our industry. Um, and today is one of those days. Today, I'm joined by Tasha Edwards, who is a presenter at this year's Momentum Fest. Momentum Fest is taking place from June 24th to June 26th in Denver, Colorado, and it will be a fun-filled event. And today, Tasha is going to be talking about her journey in the wellness and movement world um, and a little bit more about what she's going to be talking about and what she's excited for in Momentum Fest. Welcome, Tasha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. It's so great to have. I'm so, so excited for our conversation. So I, um, I always find that instead of me kind of introducing you um, and kind of botching the job of your uh, uh, introducing all of the things you've amazing things you've accomplished in your life. Um, I wanted to start by just why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your background, how you got into the movement world um, and a little bit about your journey that has taken you forward to where you are today. Okay. So if I think about my, my journey, I'm going to say it started in a bedroom with a closed door when I was seven or eight. And I grew up in a housing project in Chicago on the South side. And I knew the girls at my school were taking dance lessons and my parents couldn't afford to send me. And so what I had was soul train and American bandstand and, you know, when video started coming out and I started to create. And even then, I feel like I knew that getting it to people who were like me was important. And so when I was about nine or 10, probably closer to nine, I created a dance team at my after school program. And so um, it was a little um dictatorship because I picked the songs, I picked the choreography, and I picked who could be on the <laughs> team. And so remembering like being an eighth grader and handwriting letters, like begging people to give me scholarships, 
and I never got them. But because I went to a magnet school my whole life, I was able to participate in the programs and was able to be on the dance team. And I really think that that was my transition in and not really knowing it, you know, dance in college for a little while and then quit. The story is always because of some guy. That's always the story. <laughs> and, and, you know, I gave it up for a while, for, for a while. And in 2004, we had the unfortunate experience of um, losing our house, honestly. So I had, my husband's an engineer and I had been in a car accident. My children were six months and six. And after two days, you know, I, I was still stiff. Luckily, I wasn't really injured. I was just stiff. And, you know, he's like, I can't leave my wife here with these babies. And they were like, we're sorry to hear that you're fired. And so we moved here where we live now in Huntsville, Alabama, because his family is here. He got a, a job with his cousin. Of course, this is after we lose most of our stuff. And I took a job at the gym selling memberships because I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom anymore. I did not like it. I was used to being a single mom with two jobs and going to school, and I did not like it. And what happened is because my background, my degrees are in sociology and counseling. So my business is people, not sales. And so the more I started having conversations with people about like, why are you signing this to your membership, knowing you're probably never coming back, you know, like trying to get, (laughs) trying to get into the debt, you know, and, and I got in trouble because my job was to make cold calls and I decided which was a lot of money to me at that point. There was a yoga certification about three hours away from me and it only cost $99. And so I had done some yoga and I figured my dance background, I could fake it until I make it. Awesome. And um, that's how I started teaching in 2005. And, And it's been a crazy, crazy journey since then. Like there's no way I could have imagined this. Yeah. 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 No way. There, there's no way. So tell us a little bit about what you are doing today and what this, this looks like for you today. Wow. Okay. So I am now at the point that I am completely an independent contractor. And so I do because after the pandemic, um, of course, group fitness classes kind of shut down and I had moved more into Pilates anyway. And I think during the pandemic, a lot of us realized how much we were being taken advantage of and we had to become our own business people. And so it was very difficult for me to go into the gym and get paid literally nothing to bring all of my talents and skills and um, clientele to the gym. And I'm also 46 now. And so there wasn't room for me, honestly. Um, And so I started teaching at the Pilates studio and I left because what I found was now my skill set of having the background counseling, organizational psychology, I was a neighborhood organizer and I am the person from the social economic status who is not being served. And then June, 2020 happened. And I mean, Everything blew up mostly because it was the first time that I felt like anybody was hearing me 
when I was talking about what it was like to be an older Black woman in this body. It was the first time. And it was like wildfire, you know, um, mostly because people had to come to grips with it. Like there was no way around it. And um, I was the one speaking out and, and, and that's what happened. And, and then on the back end, people saw my resume and they're like, oh my God, like, have you been doing this all along? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so like to, to be here at this point after 17 years in the industry, lots of it, a struggle um, to be presenting and to, you know, have this, you know, NCPT, which when I first took my Pilates training, I didn't know what PMA was. I didn't know what the, the test was. I just wanted to help people. That's my whole thing. I wanted to help people. Yeah. And isn't that the most amazing thing? I mean, that's what we, you know, I think that's the thing that brings most of most, not all, but most of the people who are in our world together as teachers and is the desire to share this, you know, you understand how incredible movement can be to, to, to others, because you probably, you've, you've felt it in yourself and you have used it in as a way to keep going. Right. And I think that when you find that and you see that you want to share it. And I think one of the most amazing things is that, you know, that people like you have, have that desire to keep, to keep sharing and to keep giving this gift to others. And that's kind of one of those things that has, you know, I think really brought a lot of people together as well in the last a couple of years, for sure, is that that element of let's, this is, this is not something that we want to keep from people. This is something we want to give to people. This is, this is so important for others to, and to, to be able to access. Exactly. And what happened during the pandemic is that if I can teach a class and make more money, sometimes four or five times what I would make at the gym, then what it did was free me up for what I considered the hustle. You know, I spent a large portion of my career teaching 10, 15 classes a week. And what it did was it freed me up to not be financially stressed so that I could go teach a free class to groups or I could invite someone that I knew was having a hard time. I could invite them into my class and not have to worry about them paying a visitor's fee to the gym. I'm saying, just come on. I got you. Just just come on. And and I think I saw a lot of that. Yeah, that almost that there is um, it kind of opened the door to creating more freedom for designing a business that serves and is more aligned with your personal um, values, you know, that there is more opportunity to, to go out and pursue that and to create that than ever before. Because, you know, I think that when, you know, there was, you know, obviously not, you know, the pandemic was, is, is, and it was an awful um, situation, but I, this is one of those silver linings, I think for so many that there's no, you know, it used to be, there was like three ways you could be a Pilates, you could teach Pilates and that's it. And now there is so many different ways and it's an amazing, beautiful thing to be able to share it in the way that works for you. Right. And that you're not tied to a location or a company or, you know, a particular schedule necessarily. Agreed. Um, for my benefit, I actually started off many, many, many years ago 
teaching math in the gym, which is a completely different experience because I never know who's coming through that door. These people aren't committed, you know, and buying so many sessions, they showed up because they were free that day. And so it was learning how to be not just with people who are Pilates connoisseurs, people who knew me because I taught Zumba and just showed up, you know, so it was like, I always felt like, and I still feel like I'm that bridge person. Like I am not the extremely detailed Pilates practitioner. That's not who I am. My job is to get people to move and then maybe help them move better, but really just to keep them moving. That's what I do. And and I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's, and, and so how, how have you kind of transitioned? What is your, what is your kind of average day, average week kind of look like now that you are in perhaps feeling in it, like you're, you're kind of doing what you have always wanted to do. Tell me a little bit about what it looks like today for you. Um, lots of Zoom meetings. <laughs> so, so what happens is that I, I feel like I have a foot in both worlds. So I'm still a personal trainer. And so I still see people day to day. And then I come back and have meetings about working with organizations or presenting, you know, that takes notes, it takes preparation or um, working with, or like Friday, I'm doing a, like a self-care kind of session movement for some local teachers. And I'm really kind of all around. I also have a nonprofit set up or to make health and wellness more accessible to women. And, and, and so on any given day, I'm in that group and, you know, I'm having a chat and next, you know, the next couple of days I'm going to film for John Gary TV. So I am basically the short version is I am all over the place. And um, in the middle of my last, my last child is about to graduate from high school in May, you know? So it is a, it is, but I am so grateful for the chaos because I'm not locked into anything. And if you want to meet at eight o'clock and we're talking about something good, let's, let's do it. Is that going to benefit who I'm trying to serve? Girl, it's fine with me. And so I love the flexibility of this, even though the days are long. It is, again, it is like the dream that I didn't even know I had come true. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're really focused on right now. Um, you mentioned when we were chatting earlier about being kind of the non-traditionalist. Um, and I, I think that you've kind of really pushed the boundaries of what's perhaps possible in our world today with technology and being able to be flexible and really embracing that in your life and in your business and, and designing a business for yourself and, and pursuing opportunities that's, that, um, that, and opportunities, but also, I mean, uh, that's the wrong word. It's, it's, it, you're, 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 you're doing things that really matter to you and, and you're not, there is a, there is now more, you're more able to do that in so many different ways. So you talked a little bit about that before. What, can you tell me a little bit more about what that, that means for you and what that looks like? Yeah, right, right now I am extremely focused, probably hyper to hyper focused on basically kicking the doors open at this point. Um, if we can be honest, there, there's a hierarchy in Pilates and if you don't do it this way, then you're deemed wrong. And that was difficult because I was a fitness person coming in the Pilates world. I didn't even know all these people 
existed. I didn't know there was a difference between classic and contemporary. I had literally no idea. And I tell people when I got into the Pilates world, I became extremely depressed because all I saw was how I wasn't good enough. And so what happened was I had to decide that I didn't care, you know? And so I don't teach, you will probably never, ever in life see me teach a full reformer class. I need to grab some weights. Let me grab a kettlebell or something, you know, mixing it up so that when people who are making that entry, there's something familiar to them. Maybe you've never seen the reformer, but you certainly know what a bicep curl is, you know, with this weight. And to do that as well as I do that with Matt, because you can't carry reformers around on your back, you know, like teaching people. And I can only think of, no, none of my friends who, who they don't even do Pilates, they don't own reformers. So this is not like an everyday, you know, thing. And so it was to make a blend that gave people an entry point while still being able to stand up to what I call the Pilates police. Because here's the thing, all of us are made for someone. I am not the person to train you on the Cadillac. That is not me. Have I trained for it? Yes. Do I want to do it? Never again in life. And so, you know, I feel like to be able to combine all of my worlds, you know, yoga and dance and strength training and circuit and, you know, whatever else I want to add in. And that's what creates the happiness for me because I'm at the point of doing something I enjoy, not something that I'm like gritting my teeth because I don't want to post it because 20 people are going to come for me and tell me I should point my toes, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, So yeah, somewhere in between caring for these people and not caring what these people think about it. Yeah. That's where I am. I, I love that. And I think that, you know, I just wanted you, what you said was incredible. So you just said, what you said was I had to make the decision to not care. And I think that's, I mean, that's, an, it's, it's, that is probably not as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. Um, um, but it's incredibly important. Like you have, and to, to, to make that decision to not care and to really be aware of that decision to not care is something is, is why you're able to do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. It is at, at times it can be very isolating, very isolating. And because you want to be respected as professional by your peers, but I will tell you with all the conferences and conventions that I am, you know, a part of at this point, it's not because I fit in. I only failed when I tried to fit in and do it like everyone else. And people are like, if you're submitting, we want you to submit, not what you think. We already have one of them. We have three of them. You know, we're asking you for your voice and how you do things. And I'm like, great. And and when I could battle those voices, and, and sometimes that means logging out of social media. Yes. <laughs> then, yep. then, then I can create what it is that's important to me. Like I always tell people, when someone's talking to me about Pilates, how I work my language is if I was talking to my mom, like my mom knows nothing about Pilates, absolutely nothing. And my mother is like, I'm not doing that. I'm So I always think about how could I bring it down to a basic level to work with someone 
who doesn't care about whether they can do a roll up or not to start off, you know, and changing that basic language and not using a bunch of fancy terms, even though I know them, but to just take out all the unnecessary stuff. The basis is movement and to have people find joy in movement. And and that's what my business has become, presenting, teaching, training, every facet of what I'm doing right now. That's what it is. We move with joy. Uh, Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, and it doesn't matter whether you've done it before or not. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times you've done it before or not, right? It's just moving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, And how are you helping people in your community or that you know to um, access movement? Because I know that's been a focus for you and that's something that's definitely come out of your work that you're doing the moment. It's and and a big focus right now, right? Yeah, it, it's it's challenging because as a Black woman, to be honest, Pilates and bar and yoga by my friends or a lot of people close to me are not Black things. So it's like fighting two battles, you know? And so I work with people at the level where they are. So I have a nonprofit and we have a like a private Facebook group, women. And like last month, for Heart Health Month, I hired other instructors to come teach different type of classes. And I knew I wanted to teach Pilates. They wanted me to dance. They wanted me to teach dance. <laughs> but the thing about it is if, if I establish that trust, then people are more willing to try something that I share, you know? And so my next goal is to, I have a, a rolling suitcase with small balls, magic circles, bands. And to actually go to people. But I do realize because while I live here now, I live in the suburbs, you know, and so I don't necessarily live in that neighborhood anymore. And finding that entry from being a person who grew up there, there's a trust thing. And you have to believe that I'm going to show up when I say I'm going to show up and to establish that relationship. So I can't just like go and say, hey, everybody, I'm here to like fulfill my Mother Teresa quota and I want to teach a class. You know, it is for me to to go back and find that entry where before I could do that and 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 reestablish not just trust in that group, but think about all the people who no longer do Pilates because all they heard for the entire class were how they were wrong, their back was messed up, and they need a private. You know, so those those are those are my people, um, the people who have transitioned out of the studio, people who have worked with me before. And then to be able to find that connection back in the neighborhood, other than teaching the teachers, you know, one week or maybe want to work with my daughter's track team the next week to weave myself back in um, where people feel safe with me and with COVID. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, There's and a lot we of- think everybody has Zoom and they don't. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of hurdles. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the long game. Um, tell us a little bit about the, your nonprofit. So my nonprofit is called See Her Healthy and it came out of pain, like a lot of things do. Um, in, in 2018, I lost my grandma and my aunt like 
four months apart. And my grandmother had had a lifetime of heart issues. Um, I mean, she was 86, you know, but she had had dementia later on in her life. My aunt and I are six years apart and she had a heart attack in her sleep. And it changed everything for me. And one of the things I started thinking about, you know, when we told people they should eat fresh organic vegetables and I'm like, you should buy your food at Trader Joe's. Yeah, if you know it exists. You know, you should buy it at a farmer's market. Yeah, if you know it exists and if you have the transportation to get there and if you have the money. And, you know, I started thinking about why my aunt died, honestly. You know, like what what did she not have access to? And not even necessarily money-wise, but the way we distribute information as far as like talking to people with all these statistics and no real value to someone who doesn't understand that. You know, so something like last month, my goal was to put blood pressure monitors in people's hands who needed them, you know, or to to teach classes that were gentle and welcoming that people felt like they could they could come in. And all my mom's sisters have high blood pressure. Again, I have a teenage daughter, you know, during the pandemic, my 36 year old cousin had a heart attack and died. Um, I lost my godmother at 45. She had a heart attack in her sleep and died. My aunt was in her 60s. She was at the laundromat and had a heart attack and died. And so it's not just physical when we're talking health and wellness. We have a lot of people dying because they're stressed. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, for yep. different reasons. And, and, and my stress is not to make you fill out a five page medical form, tell you that you're obese and then tell you to buy a private. Like that's just, that's just, there's too much other need. And, yeah. and there's a there's a space for that. That's just not my space. Right. Right. And so via your nonprofit, you give you offer access to movement and support and encouragement um, and information. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. I'm going to link to this in the show notes of this episode to um, to see her healthy and um, the Instagram where there's more information and and to um, any other and all the other places that we, we can so we can send if anyone is listening and wants to learn a bit more about that nonprofit um, and support and all those good things. Now, before we close out the this um, we I want to talk a little about Momentum Fest. So Momentum Fest is a is 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 a an, incre- an incredible event that happened that, that did go ahead last year, which was amazing. Um, and um, but this year it's back and it's full and it's uh, it's going to be a super super fun filled movement event. Um, it's in Denver um, between the twenty fourth and twenty sixth of June, and you can buy a ticket and go and join the fun there. The link to that will be in the show notes. Um, but Tasha, I know you're a presenter this year, which is fantastic. Congratulations! There's a lot of competition, um, and so that's really fantastic and really wonderful. And so, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be, um, what you're hoping to talk about? Um, at Momentum Fest? So, you know, last year I only did lectures, so to speak. And and then I taught a small reformer class. But but this year, one of the shifts for me is to teach movement and teach it my way. And it can be intimidating. I mean, you have some of the best of the best presenting at Momentum Fest. Um, but their way isn't the only way you know, and, and so I'm looking to bring some blended movement type things that aren't just strictly Pilates, um, and, and just throw some fun in there. And for 
my my goal is to um, offer a class where people think about it differently and try not to be Pilates teachers and just be people who want to move. Um, I am also excited about the nonprofit that Jessica is bringing in um, youth from the area. And we are there. I want to say they're going to have a half a day at Momentum Fest. That's just for them. Movement classes that are just for them. Oh, that's and great. just like, Amazing. I know. And just like as that kid, like wondering what that would have been like if someone had offered that opportunity, like to just go in there and, and be with them and know that they don't know anything about the 100. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they, they don't know. They want to move and they want to have fun. And I think it just gives all of us who are participating in that such an opportunity to learn from a different population than what we're used to working with on a day-to-day basis. And then take, take that fun and then weave it into Momentum Fest with all the other Pilates teachers and enthusiasts who are there. Like the whole thing is to move with joy, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure that I will break some Pilates rules when I teach, but it wouldn't be me if I didn't. I was going to (laughs) say, I hope you do Tasha. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be me if I didn't. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. And the camaraderie and the, I mean, like last year was so amazing. Just the connection everybody taught their different things and we're like sticking our head in other people's workshops, but just that connection to listen to each other as, as professionals and friends and, and, and let loose and, and, you know, learn from each other. And I am, I'm so looking, I'm so looking forward to it this year. Oh, you are going to have, it's the best, the best time ever. Fantastic. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, great. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Tasha. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much. For sure. Thank you for having me. I I really appreciate, appreciate it. No problem. And I'm going to link to your nonprofit and to all of the places people can go to find you um, in the show notes, as well as a link to um, a bit more information about Mentum Fest. Yes, please, please, please come because you should. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Tasha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm-hmm.